0: Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cranked and Ranked, your favorite podcast. If you're if you're thinking to yourself, what? How do you know it's my favorite podcast? Trust me, we know this. If it's not now, it will be soon. Um, Especially after think we know, we know we know. We do. We know a lot of things, and um and we're going to talk about some of those things today. So, uh, yes, uh, this is another uh year, and we're going to be ranking our favorite uh, albums, and I'm I'm starting that. I'm just getting that out of the way. Our favorites. (laughs) we're not this is not the when we do top 10s like this it is very personal it is opinion it is our opinions and our preferences and, and especially with me i'm going to get this out of the way cuz there are going to be people who be like you picked this album but you didn't pick such and such album and I'm like <laughs> man, there's going to be a few of those um but yeah to, uh, today we're going to be uh ranking our top 10 favorite albums uh from 1985 um and as usual, old head, your host, with me as always, Eddie Fucking Sparks.
1: Hell fucking, yeah.
0: That's a good that your name sounds good with a fucking in the middle of it.
1: I, I might <laughs> have it changed to Eddie fucking hyphenated sparks. Get a little get a little dash action in like
0: your 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 maiden name's fucking in your <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> fucking Eddie Sparks. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> um
0: yeah, so 1985 uh in 1985 you were n- nowhere near being born negative I, 13 i was 7 7 years old in uh in 1985 but uh as a lot of you who listen to my shit know i was already listening to a lot of fucking music in 1985 um i hadn't necessarily gotten on board with metal yet in fact i hadn't in 85 at all um but I but I was already at that age where I was like picking the things that I liked and asking my parents to buy me albums and stuff like that. So in eighty five is probably the first year that that really was a big thing because prior to that it was just like whatever's big. Like, mommy, I want Michael Jackson. And then you know they bought me Michael Jackson, not not actual <laughs> Michael Jackson, the album thr- Thriller. <laughs> <laughs> um, that would have been that that that's just that's I don't know why my brain would do it. that's weird. Anyway.
1: No, no, that's ignorant. (laughs) That's supposed to be Michael Jackson. (laughs) It's the fucking, it's the South Park caricature of Michael Jackson, I guess. Oh, okay. (laughs) Have you been up my wishing tree?
0: (laughs) That was a little creepy. Anyway, um, yeah, (laughs) but the yeah, so um, because normally we'd be all like, well, what what were you doing in this particular year? But you were doing fuck all because you weren't even existing. Um, I wasn't even a sperm. No, no, not even. Not even a twinkle in your dad's ball sack. Um, Nope. But uh, so, um, yeah, so like I said, there's not really a lot we can do to lead up to this because it's just our top 10 favorite albums of 1985. I will go ahead and say that um, my absolute number one favorite thing to happen in 1985 was that uh, my wife was born. Um, hey, so so yes, I got wholesome. a younger, I got a younger lady. She's seven years younger than me, but yeah, she was born in, uh, in actually this month in uh, yeah. in 1985, and um, so that that right there makes 85 a fucking great year. But there's also a lot of great music, so I guess let's jump into it um, now. Eddie, earlier you told me that your list is in not any kind of strict order, kind of like I,
1: I would say it loosely gets more favorite-y as it goes up okay. but the ordering of them could change like from week to week yeah depending what moon i'm in i've tried so i've kind of stylistically spread it out a little bit so that not one genre kind of overshadows another too much
0: i yeah I, i'm sure we're we're going to have a pretty good variety here Um, so let's, let's just jump right into it. our top 10 albums of 1985. And as usual, I throw it over to Eddie fucking sparks for, uh, his number 10 album of 1985.
1: Well, my, uh, number 10 album of 1985 is power fucking windows by rush. Hey, I'm just,
0: I'm glad rush made your list.
1: Yep, yeah, yeah, re, uh, a recent discovery of mine since mm-hmm. the Rush trilogy of episodes we did, but this is one of my favorite Rush records. Like it it leans real hard into the 80s era. Yeah. So much like rocky four levels of synth going on. <laughs> <laughs> um like it, it's it, uh, plus Marathon is on this album, dude. Like what a great Great track that is yeah big money mystic rhythms manhattan project so much cool shit on here Mm -hmm. and it 80s rush is one of those things that like gets unfairly shit on by people that don't like gated reverb
0: (laughs) (laughs) or or keyboards i guess
1: yeah um i mean it's it's just a killer album i think is underappreciated
0: yeah, I, th- I I almost feel like that's that's the starting of the point that a lot of people don't like what Rush did. Like even the people that like the 80s stuff, I still hear some people go, well, Grace Under, Grace Under Pressure is good. And then all of a sudden I didn't like what they did for a few albums. And mm. I guess I guess I get that. But I like I mean, go listen to the fucking episodes. I, I like every album. Yeah. Um. Cool. So uh for the benefit of the people who are uh watching this on YouTube, I apologize podcast listeners, but um I brought my my records for all of my 10 albums. Hey, um nice. just for just you know so if you if you're listening to this as a podcast and you, you know, I I wonder what Steven looks like holding up records. Well, why well, that's mostly what I do on this channel anyway. Um, <laughs> um but head over and watch the video. Um but just know that I am holding up a record if there's any, you know, any question about that my number 10 so the, the lower part of this is where things like kept switching around and some things would go into the top 10 and then they would get pushed out of the top 10 and then the order kept changing and then i finally settled on this order um not completely happy with it but it is what it is uh my number 10 um is done with mirrors from aerosmith cool. Um which which I think that it's so weird because I'm seeing this the right way around in my viewer, but you're seeing it backwards, right I'm seeing it mirrored oh you I, are i am yeah no
1: well, well, i'm i'm i yeah it's just struck me as funny that mirror and it looks weird wrong way around yeah so
0: the so the actual album cover is to to the people out there watching youtube, they'll probably see this as um as backwards because that's that was the that was the cute (laughs) that was their cute thing with this album like oh get it done with mirrors and and you have to hold it up to the mirror to see it the right way around um so done with mirrors was supposed to be the big aerosmith comeback album because they the you know brad and uh and joe left the band and then they did one album with uh well, I think they did w- one album with a different guitar player, and then they and then they they eventually all came back together, and they were like, you know what, we're going to keep this Aerosmith thing going with the original lineup, and they were like, all right, here we go, done with mirrors. And I think the majority of people when the album came out went, oh, all right, <laughs> because because um, <laughs> overall, when it comes to Aerosmith, whenever we get to the Aerosmith ranking, this one will probably be lower down the list just because it's has the least like sort of character that makes it stand out and doesn't right. have doesn't have a lot of big tracks. It's kind of just like a vibe. If you like the AeroSmith vibe, if you're like, "Hey, AeroSmith, I came here to hear you do some AeroSmithy type stuff." And they said, "Okay." And then this is the album. It's very <laughs> It's it's a fun album if you're into the Aerosmith sound but there's literally no like I think the only single that was released from this album if I remember right was let the music do the talking which was actually a song from Joe Perry's solo pro album. It wasn't even an original Aerosmith. <laughs> they just re-recorded a Joe Perry project song. So um but it's still it, they, but it's, you know, like you said about Power Windows, it's one that I don't think gets enough attention. Um, the difference is Power Windows is a f- fantastic album. This one is just a really good album, and it's, it makes it in my top ten just because Aerosmith could just put out something that sounds like basic Aerosmith, and I would still love it because I love their sound. Um, so that ends up being my uh, my number ten, Done With Mirrors. Cool. So uh, my number nine, I'm going to
1: take it to a little live album.
0: Mm. All right. Uh I think I know I think uh, I know what this is going to be. I think I know. I,
1: I'm I'm going to let you guess what it is.
0: Is it Iron Maiden Live After Death?
1: It is Live After yeah, Death. Yeah, it's a good one. It's it killer. Like it's one of if not the most iconic live album in metal. Like
0: amazing album cover too.
1: Yeah, oh, it's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um uh, did, did we include that in our like top 5? I'm pretty sure I did. Of our Yeah. Cause it's, it's so cool yeah um and i love how it like folds out to like a whole scene yeah as yeah it's awesome great performances sounds great it, and it's like an absolute greatest hits as of the power slave era set list yeah it's just like like you say just banger after banger and it like when a song finishes and another one starts, you're like as excited as when the album started and yeah. it's like, Oh no, it's time for this one. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's just how to do a live album. If you're a metal band.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, 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 it's fucking great. I, I honestly, like, I don't know if they ever put one out. I really would like there to be a really well-produced live album from the, uh, seventh son tour. because to me because to me that's where as much as i do enjoy uh no prayer for the dying and fear of the dark i mean and all their stuff really in certain ways but those two albums but everything prior to that i just feel like that is like the ultimate classic maiden and so them touring on that album and they're playing stuff you know, literally from the beginning all the way through seven sun i'm like well that's 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 literally just having a pool of a hundred great fucking songs to choose from, um, but but I mean, Live After Death is a fucking classic. Maybe there was one from uh, from from the uh, Seventh Sun tour. I have no idea. That shows mm-hmm. how big of an Iron Maiden fan I am. I'm like, I know they have a lot of live albums, but I feel like a lot of them came out later. You know, mm-hmm. after after Live After Death. Um, but that's a great one. Uh, I didn't choose any live albums just because that's that weird thing in my head. It's like I don't know if it's OCD or what it is. I'm like it's not not, a, not an actual studio album I can't include it. So um mm. so um, so when it comes to something like that I'm glad that you bring it up because it's definitely something <laughs> worth talking about from 1985.
1: Yeah, a, a live album for me has to be really really good for me to like give it the praise I would of a studio album but Yeah. Live After Death's hard to argue, man. Yeah.
0: Awesome okay well then let's move on to my number nine um, gonna probably the glammiest thing that's in my 1985 uh, list okay Asylum from nice. Kiss um, di- great once a- fucking album once again this is also an album that I feel a lot of people don't like um, but then again 80s Kiss is like 80s Rush people are just like <laughs> fuck that and, but but I've learned over the years that um as much as I, I love all kiss but 80s kiss for some reason is that thing that always is going to put me in a good mood no matter what like I'm if, with you if I have a shit totally. day shit day and you put uh, all night on I'm just like hell yeah and so um <laughs> and asylum has I mean asylum has you know uh, has uh, who wants to be lonely tears are falling and uh, all night like those were the big songs from this but there's also a few a few like kind of fast songs on it um when yeah. you, when you compare it to what they were doing for uh, in the 80s we did we did a three part uh kiss i keep saying rush kiss <laughs> ranking uh way back in the day also before we were even doing um video, video versions well you know you yeah. can you can want you can listen to it on youtube um but you don't get to see our faces although i think i did these little short videos of the funny parts because that was a fun one where we we sang a lot of songs and we goofed around we made fun of gene simmons quite a bit (laughs) (laughs) i know you write me sexy letters (laughs) yeah that's not creepy at all um but yeah um asylum by kiss is a is a very fun album smack dab in the middle of the eighties. Not their most 80s sounding album that would come after Asylum. Um, But uh, I don't know that like it's just one of those things that, you know, you could make arguments for it not being a very good album and I'd probably go, yeah, valid points. But personally speaking, you put Asylum on and I'm just like, yeah, this is it's 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 good time vibes and Mm. uh, and I love it. So that's my my number nine.
1: And it ain't going to be anything else. Nothing but a good time. That oh. is,
0: that's you know, that not, that, that's, that, come, that comes later. I think eighty six. You know, when was when was when was open up? Say, I think oh, that was eighty eight. Yeah, eighty six yeah. would have been. Look, but it was the always the down.
1: philosophy of yeah. of the eighties metal stuff.
0: That's true, man. It should be the philosophy of all times. Yeah, you don't need nothing but a good time. You know,
1: what's it, is it from Spinal Tap? Where
0: it's like have a good time all the time. Have a good time all the time. <laughs> that's my philosophy, Martin. Um, Speaking of, did you just see they announced they're doing a Spinal Tap sequel? Yeah. 40 years later. All So here's the thing. That's the thing that's happened over the years is that if, if when somebody comes and says, Oh, they're going to do like a reboot of something, I go get the fuck out of here. But if they go, they're going to sequelize something like 40, 30 to 40 years later, I'd be like, Yes. Because especially in the in the realm of Spinal Tap and that kind of movie, there's so much they could do with that. Yeah. And so I'm just like, and those guys are also still alive, still funny, still kicking. Mm-hmm. And um that that for some reason, like that announcement, there was no pause in me going, oh fuck yes. Just, you know, Spinal Tap, one of the best movies ever made. And I really think that they can put something out that will be you know, probably not as good. I mean, how the fuck do you compete with that? But, you know, st- <laughs> stands up and supports, you know, the original movie. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. And and Rob Reiner's directing it, original director. And so, I mean, it's literally the whole original crew. Um, unfortunately, that was the one. Well, I guess that guy died in the movie anyway, but I think recently one of the drummers died. The guy, actor that played one of the drummers, died. Did he in, explode? In, no, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been appropriate if he had exploded. <laughs> Um sorry if his family is watching that was probably too soon. I don't even know his name. D- drummer dude from Spinal Tap. Um but uh yeah, looking forward to that. I don't know how we got on Spinal Tap. That also is not 1985. I think that's 1983. Um but uh yeah, what do we What do we do what do we what do, what happened? Oh, it's your turn for number. <laughs> ah, I got lost for a second. Um num- your number 8.
1: Cool. So my number 8 is The Last Command by Wasp. Oh, I should have have known there'd be Wasp in here. Yeah. It's their sophomore release. You know, they're doubling down on being the heaviest band you could possibly argue to be glam metal. Because they they weren't, like, pretty boy glam. They were, like, eating bits of raw meat on stage shock rock Alice Cooper up to 12. Um, Like, nutty ass stage shows yeah. killer live act um but it's just ass kicking metal dude especially songs like wild child jack action blind in texas sex drive they're all they're all just like wild crazy rockers mm-hmm. and as and it just has this like aura around it of i'm gonna kick your ass steal your fucking girlfriend and ride off into the sunset in a trans that is like <laughs> <laughs> that is like the whole vibe of this album and I love it that's awesome and Blackie Lawless has one of the coolest voices of all time straight
0: that, up that's, that's a band we'll eventually get to and will will be another one of those that I don't really know a lot of their stuff I know I know a handful of tracks um, nothing's ever really pulled me in and said hey you need to be a, a Wasp fan um, although I, you know who doesn't like you know Fuck Like a Beast it's a fuck <laughs> Beast. Yeah. <laughs> um, that song that, that song sounds very creepy it's always sound very creepy sounded I very got creepy. pictures of naked ladies <laughs> <laughs> a lot, so much of that music in in this day and age has not aged well for a lot of people so uh but it's,
1: it's, yeah it's, it's one of those things where it's um if, if you analyze it through a modern lens you'll be arrested <laughs>
0: yeah yeah you're there's that, that's going to have to be something that becomes a uh, commonplace where if something, if you're judging something, you have to judge it from the time period that it came out. Not, not everything. There are some things that are still cringeworthy yeah. and they were cringeworthy back then also. But, um, <laughs> but things like wasp and well, and the band I'm about to get to, um, with oh. their, with their debauchery and, um, and whatnot, you just g- give them a pass because they're older mm. and wiser now. But, um, my number is this number eight my number eight um invasion of your privacy nice by rat which is the second rat album and uh a great one a lot of great Mm. songs on this one i think this was lower in my list in our rat ranking just because i appreciate some of their other albums more but this one taken on its own merit is fucking great plus it's got lay it down on it which is like that's still that's still a riff that every time I hear it, I go, oh, I want to go learn how to play that. And then I go, nope, I don't, I don't. Because it's going to ruin it for me. Because I know it's I know it's not an easy riff, but I don't I don't want to be able to play it. I want to hear it every time and go, oh, fuck. Because it sounds so... I don't know what about that riff is so pleasing to me. The way that it's, it's picked, like, the way that the chords go, everything about it is just perfect.
1: It's just kind of sexually imposing, isn't it? It's just like, again, it's that whole thing of... I'm real promiscuous. Yeah, you don't know if I'm a dangerous guy. I'm, oh, by the way, I busted my hand before this episode, so that's why I've. Got he's weird he's eyes. not just I balancing something. The, the podcast listeners <laughs> yeah. can't
0: see that, but he's got he's got I don't know is a bag of peas or what is it? <laughs> is it yeah. on no, it's just,
1: it's just this like bag of gel that I stick in the fridge. Oh yeah,
0: and, he's yeah. A, he had a battle with a doorway earlier.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Worked all day at a at a f- fucking produce aisle, and it didn't scat anything over, knock anything over. I haven't I haven't had a clumsy day at all. And then I come home to my own house that I know like the back of my hand, and I break the back the of back my of hand. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 Uh, well, you're gonna get to know the back of your hand a little bit more because it's gonna be throbbing and in, and in, uh, in you you know you're, yeah. you're gonna be checking it and looking at it. I know how that works. Uh, it it really sucks. <laughs> I mean, I, I I run into shit all the time and like, but also like, I don't know if you've reached that age yet, but I've I've for years had that thing where I'll just wake up and I just have a bruise and I don't know where the bruise came from. Cause I don't I don't play sports. I'm not rough with anything. (laughs) But somehow like I just knock into a corner or something, but don't even remember it. I am like the polar opposite. I don't bruise for
1: shit. Like I could like I could have like someone literally smash a like lead pipe into my leg and it it would look bent out of shape but it wouldn't (laughs) bruise. It's it's fucking weird. I don't know what's wrong with my skin. (laughs) <laughs> I think maybe, maybe you're part
0: cyborg. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Um,
1: um, what
0: um, oh, so yeah. So now you're number seven from nineteen. Number
1: seven. Cool. So my number seven from 85 is Killing is My Business and, and business, business is Good. Is good. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's the rawest and angriest Megadeth album ever made. Yeah. Coming straight, pretty much straight after his firing from Metallica. You can just hear the venom sizzling in his veins. It is just absolute unrelenting fury from start to finish. And from the moment that piano intro finishes right up to the end of these boots, like, holy shit, man. This album is just the absolute definition of pissed off. This is like a cornered snake that's like reeling back and it's going to strike you at any moment
0: it, it it's interesting because it's like that that the, al- the album has always made me feel like because like you know kill em all is an absolute masterpiece of, of early 80s thrash to me and, and yeah. you know set the stage for so much stuff so it's a very important album but i almost feel like you know Kill 'Em all is like this 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 beautiful muscle car it looks amazing and it's and it's yeah. fa- it's fast as fuck and then all of a sudden here comes megadeth who's in a really shitty car but it's way faster than the metallica car and they yeah. just fucking <laughs> lap them <laughs> 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 and that is you know so it's like because i and you know yeah. I, I, out of the two i would say that kill them all is the better album but there's an energy there's a uh, something to prove energy to killing is yeah. my business that I totally love and it's just mm. it never gets old to me.
1: It's one of those things as well where um, it's like you said, it may not be as you know thought out and composed as kill'em all but like you say, there was a real effort to prove something. And they proved it. Yeah. Like, Yeah. Here's here's the four horsemen with two minutes shaved off based on sheer tempo alone. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, but if you're bringing that song up, then all of a sudden it's like here's the four horsemen with really shitty lyrics. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's a killer album, yeah. and I know I only I only had it like midway up in my Megadeth ranking, but that's because
0: I'm I'm a I'm a, I'm a night East Megadeth guy. Yeah. Oh hell yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's ranking Megadeth was also very hard just because there's, mm. there's so much good shit. Um, yeah. You done, you done with that one with your number seven? I, I am done with that one. Cool. My, my, uh, mine is, mine is another debut album from 1985. That's also the rawest album that this band ever did, but I absolutely love it. Uh, we care a lot from faith. No yes. more. Yes and i just this album is just so fucking good For, i mean the first album obviously chuck mosley on vocals and the original version of we care a lot um but well we also did a faith no more ranking fucking 2 years ago it's it's been yeah. it's been a while um, <laughs> that was an early one and we ta- and i talked a lot about like the thing that i love about we care a lot is that it's almost like a bizarre new wave album or yeah. new wave post-punk like you don't there's no like the, there's like the little sort of metal elements that would sneak in um a little bit with introduce yourself but definitely with the real thing angel dust and stuff like that but in this case there's not really any of that there this is like it, yeah. and, and i love the fact that it's just this weird album that i, I i'm pretty sure at the time like nobody was doing anything exactly mm-hmm. like they were doing it and I just I know there's a there's there's a a beauty to the how odd and rough around the edges it is and how and, you know, it, it goes perfectly with Chuck's vocals and his lyrics because it's everything is just so like all parts that shouldn't necessarily be working together, but they absolutely work together. Yeah. And so I, I love We Care A Lot. I love I mean, that's another that's another thing when people sort of. Right off, pre Mike Patton Faith no more, and I'm like, oh no, you can't fucking do that. That's like that, that yeah. shit's really good, Um and and it, yeah, but I guess you know, I guess to each their own. But I think We Care a Lot is a fantastic album, so it ends up at number was that six, six, seven, seven. number seven.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, I I don't know what it is. I'm just going to chime in here. I was listening to. Uh, granted I was listening to Introduce Yourself rather than Mm -hmm. We Care A Lot. Yeah. But I I was in the car the other day just yelling along to Chuck Mosley, and there's just something primal and satisfying about his vocal delivery. Yeah. He's not a trained singer by any stretch of the imagination, but for him to just get up and be himself, like... And do it with such conviction, and he was actually quite insecure behind the scenes. Yeah. Um. But uh, by the way, rest in peace, Chuck Mosley. Yeah. But uh, he he was just such a unique animal, <laughs> you know. Um. Mm-hmm. On, you know, and Mike Patton is Mike Patton, sure. But Chuck had a vibe all his own, yeah. and it's almost like it's almost like listening to two different bands because the aesthetic kind of shifted uh around the real thing
0: yeah and we and we talked about it too that that i feel like the band was uh, was going to progress and i feel mm-hmm. like they were they were it was inevitable that they were going to progress beyond chuck's capabilities they needed a yeah. more dynamic vocalist so that's why that's why i don't ever say oh i wish they had done more with chuck as much as i love it because i go I feel like if the re- the stuff on the real thing is where they were moving musically, they needed somebody that could that could yeah. support that or be supported by that, and um, that was obviously Mike Patton. Um, but yeah, yeah, We Care a Lot's fucking killer. Um, if you ha- if you haven't listened to it, I don't expect it to sound like the Faith No More that you hear a lot because it <laughs> doesn't sound like that. Um, but it's great. So uh, moving on to number six.
1: Cool. My number six. Is the self-titled album from Heart?
0: Oh, okay. So this is the the big. This is the first big '80s one for them, right? Yeah, it's the one where they really shifted
1: to like a a big stadium rock kind of thing. They yeah. kind of fl- they'd flirted with '80s sort of stuff on the previous album with like kind of new wavy synths and and very '80s drum sounds. Yeah. Uh, but we're talking more like pop 80s rather than uh, arena rock 80s and this is where they really went in on that um and they went full hairband mode on this album and you know the songs if looks could kill and shell shock are basically 80s metal songs that bookend the album um the wolf is really cool as well what what were the what, what were the hit what was the big hit off of that one here's the here's the big hits what about love? Yeah. Never. Uh, and the streams. Like holy wow. shit. Yeah. Yeah. That is a big album. And the Wilson sisters are are kind of crushes of mine. They fucking rule,
0: man. Yeah. Um that that's one we'll eventually get to doing the Heart discography <laughs> because that that that's another group that I like everything I've heard from Heart even the the 80s stuff that some people would call cheesy. Um, but I don't think I've heard a full album all the way through. So that's, yeah. that's one that will definitely be interesting.
1: I think that that one to you will be much more musically satisfying than the twisted sister episode we did where you hadn't listened to a full album. before. Yeah,
0: no, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll like it just because I, Ann and Wilson's voice is one of my favorite voices in rock music, just because yeah. she just is, it sounds amazing. Um, mm. Yeah, anything else to add on that one, the self-titled Heart album? Um
1: it's just so fucking good and it's it's not all rock in and it's not all pop. It like hits this perfect middle ground where they can do they can do a hard rock song like Shell Shock and yeah. they can do a full-on um like pop song like Never and it's it's just so good and it has that perfect 80s vibe that really sends you back there. Yeah. Uh, and, he, you know, I wasn't there in the 80s mm-hmm. to say firsthand, but this is one of those albums that really makes me feel like I'm playing Vice City as a kid and discovering oh. all this 80s stuff. Yeah. So
0: Plus that album um, from, from being there at the time and being young, These Dreams was a song that crossed over. It was on pop radio as well as rock radio. Well, I guess rock radio wasn't as big of a thing as it became, but, um, but you would, you know, cause in it, when I was a kid in, in the, you know, around the mid eighties, you would listen to the top 40 station and the top 40 station would have like all the biggest hits, no matter what the genre was. Mm-hmm. And so you would hear, you know, Hall and Oates followed by Kenny Rogers followed by uh, the police. Like you would just hear these yeah. things that were these massive hits and, and These Dreams was a was a song that you, you heard a lot. Um it was it was fucking huge for them.
1: It's one of those you still hear on the radio now. It's just such a classic. Yeah. Um and with that, I'm wrapped up here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass it over to you. It's cool. Time so for your number six.
0: My number six, you already talked about it. Killing is my business, and business yeah. is good. From Mega Mega Dearth. Um, and for those of you who are listening in the podcast uh, world, I'm holding up the OG version of the album because the cover is better and the sound is better. Don't give me that final kill shit. Okay. (laughs) It's fine. If you want your shit unnecessarily fixed in a way that it doesn't need to be. This album is perfect. turds unnecessarily polished. (laughs) (laughs) No, because this is not a turd. Um, I know. (laughs) This album is perfect how it is. I, I love the I love the album cover. I love the I love the weird Megadeth logo, whatever the fuck yeah. that is. I love this the way the songs are produced. I and I love this version of it that's got these boots on it. I just we already talked about it. It is just an exhilarating album from like a band that's just like, fuck all of you. And I and I yeah. and it's and it's great. Um, and it's that's like a, a big reason because when we did our Megadeth ranking, I you know, you get to a certain point in their discography, basically about I don't know, probably post um risk, because I like risk, um, which is I, I think I've there are some albums I've noted I noticed like really trigger people. Like when you say you like yeah. it, they're like, What's your problem? And I'm like, Well, can I just like something? Risk is good. Yeah. Um, but after that, my relationship with Megadeth is so rocky. Where I go, oh, this album's good. This album's eh. This album's good. This album's eh. But
1: it, it's it's funny you should say that because I had that exact conversation with my friend yesterday. I was talking to Dan, and he said, e- "Ever since the Millennium, Megadeth is kind of a cock tease band where they'll like they'll give you a killer, and then they'll give you something where it's like yeah, some good tracks, then they'll put out another killer, and it's yeah. like."
0: can we, can we find some momentum here? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, but the, 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 my point being is that even with that Rocky relationship I've had with them for 20 years or whatever, because of the strength of everything they did, you know, uh, prior to that, including this first album, I, they're they're all always going to be listed among like my favorite bands because I'm just like, that shit is so good. Like it's, it's just it's just great and yeah killing is my business is just probably one of the best thrash debut albums you know up there with kill them all um, and um, and there's you know speaking of that that there's a there's another debut thrash album that is not on my list that eventually somebody's gonna comment to be like oh how could you not how would you uh, not put that on the list I put <laughs> I specifically put on my battle vest and bullet belt for this episode. Well you look adorable. Um so <laughs> anyway, cuz 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 really we got we uh, like the way I I was telling I may have said it on the episode, I don't remember if it was prior to the episode. I said there's so much of my my list especially moving forward a little bit that is so not heavy music. Um that uh it's another another one of those reasons why when somebody uses the word metalhead addressed at me, I go I mean, I, it's some days, some days. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that we're now in our top five, top five of 1985, which is the year that Marty McFly has to get back to when he goes to 1955. And then he goes, he gets back to 1985. And then he has to go back to 1955 to get the goddamn sports book from Biff. And that's a that goes on for way too goddamn long in that movie. I'm just like, get the goddamn book. Just shoot him in the head and get the book. Oh, wait, that would probably fuck up, fuck up the time, space-time continuum. And then, and then they're all like, we got to go back to Old West? Well, they don't have to go back there. It's an accident. But anyway, whatever. The Back to the Future movies are fantastic. <laughs> That is one that, like, they need to leave that alone. Leave Back yeah. to the Future alone. Don't reboot it. Don't do any sequels, clearly, because, you know, Michael J. Fox, not... I mean, he's doing fine, but he's, you know, he's, he, he's not going to be able to do the acting that he used to be able to do. Um, so no. please please leave those alone, because they're... That's a great trilogy right there. Don't you think?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: do you want to know the thing that always fucks me
1: up, though, Ever since, ever since I was about 16... The future in Back to the Future Two is is, is seven years ago at this stage. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, where the fuck is my hoverboard?
0: Like But <laughs> like, to be to um, be completely honest, if the, the, the most interesting thing is that there are things that we have that are way beyond the technology that they had in the movie. So yeah. I'm like, so sure, we didn't get hoverboards or self-lacing shoes. Although I think they do have things kind of like that, where they the shoes automatically tighten or some shit like that. Did, um, did
1: they... Is it Nike or Reebok that has those uh, in the movie? I can't, uh, can't remember. It's
0: probably Nike. I don't know. That seems like I the... Think,
1: I, th- I think it was Nike high tops, wasn't it? And I just remember... I'm sure I saw somewhere someone had made some... It might have been a range. Of, I don't know. It might have just been like replica ones mm-hmm. from the movie. I don't know. But I, I mean, but if you think ass. about,
0: I mean, I, sometimes I, I, I start to like forget how much cool shit we have because nobody in Back to the Future 2 had a fucking handheld phone that they no. could talk to people on and, and put, listen to music on. Like that was not in Back to the Future 2. Um that alone is I'm just like fuck man we did you know, I I'm okay without a hoverboard or flying cars that's fine
1: but I still have yet to be eaten by a big ass hologram shark
0: That's that's true I have a feeling that that is that something like that exists somewhere though maybe in like the virtual reality it's, headsets it, you know you could be It's definitely in
1: Japan somewhere probably in Japan <laughs> Japan are miles ahead tech wise. That's like, true. That's true. If a country in the world has that it's those guys. Yeah. Um
0: hello to all our fans in Japan, much I don't think anybody in Japan. Konnichiwa. Yeah, I don't think any, I mean I would love it if people in Japan listened to us but I don't I I don't think we've made it there yet. We've made it to other great places like Australia and um Brazil. I don't know. Who knows? Puerto Se- Rico. Oh! I don't know. Um <laughs> <laughs> i was just like doing that shout outs like people do from the stage yeah who's from west side and
1: i still love that uh david get shout out to his family <laughs> that, that fucking... if you guys haven't seen it uh after the show like you know what do it now and then come back <laughs> right go uh, go on youtube and type in david get ends racism and it is the it video of the year
0: it's really funny yeah (laughs) um yeah anyways but now but back to back to 1985 which we were we were in with back to the future did you so so like like back i saw i got to see back to the future in the theater and it's really uh a a memorable experience for me because in in austin texas it was if i if i'm not mistaken it was the first movie in Austin, shown with THX sound, and so we do. You know, do you know what that is? Is that a thing that like? Yeah. So imagine, like, for the very first that time, thing. I'm a fucking seven year old kid sitting there with my family, and that happens. I'm like, oh fuck! we just leave yeah. the movie now? <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're like that dude in the Maxell cassette advert that's being yes! blown back by his. I had stereo.
0: That, I had that poster on my wall when I was a kid. The Maxell. No way. Got yeah yeah. Um, it nice. was. Awesome. I loved that. That image was fucking great. Um, anyway, so I, that was a back to the future tangent, but um, and other tangents. But now no that was a
1: very 80s tangent. <laughs>
0: that's OK. We're, we're literally smack dab in the middle of the 80s for this episode. So we'll uh, now but the now we're sport. in our in our top five. So let's, cool. let's do it. So I'm this is
1: this is probably the most 80s album on this list. Under Lock and Key by Dokken. Oh, okay. All right. This is an excellent across-the-board glam metal album. It's got its mid-paced tracks, ballads, even some speed metal in there for good measure, and it's got a little something for everyone in a perfect Poodle Perm package. Let's have have a look at that old track listing, shall we? That's another Uh,
0: band that I haven't heard full albums from, and I think it's because... I hear songs and I like all of the music, but I don't really like Don Dawkins vocals. I'm I'm not he, sure what it is.
1: I found that when I first heard Dawkins, I thought his voice was a little too soft. Yeah. And then I started, you know, hearing how, you know, hair metal sounded, and then it just became another part of it. But um yeah. I mean, Unchained the Night, The Hunter, in my dreams. Lightning strikes again. Don't lie to me. Oh, in my dreams is End. a
0: really good song.
1: Yeah, I like that one. That that one's on there, and that, in my opinion, that is a great song, but it's not the best song on the album. No, I think I think that I think Lightning Strikes Again is is, is the best. Yeah, I, give a shout like, out to George Lynch it. on
0: guitar there too.
1: Yeah, yeah, shout shout out to George Lynch. Great guitar absolute, player, absolute fucking killer guitar player. Uh. It's just a great album. And I love the fact that they're stood in this like fiery fog at their feet in, in those like crazy colorful designer that, suits. That honestly like, is
0: one of those albums, you know, when we did the last episode and I was talking about like, if you're into 80 stuff, you own stay hungry and metal health. I feel like that's another one that I probably should lose some points for not owning it on vinyl. Cause it seems like it's one of the ones <laughs> that should be in the, in the collection.
1: It's a it's a must have. Yeah. It, it is an essential hair metal album or, or glam metal album. I'm trying to move away from saying hair metal because it's like a, it was a it was a secondary derogatory term. We,
0: I think before the term hair metal had really come around, even post 1980s, I think we always referred to it as cock rock. <laughs> cock
1: rock, yeah, true. And then that
0: <laughs> and then that went away when people started saying hair metal. But I, I just remember that was how we always referred to it. It was cock rock. And that seems more appropriate because it is yeah. rock driven by Cox specifically. So
1: think, think with your dick music. That's what it is. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's great shreddy. Uh, it, it's kind of like rap, but with like softer vocals, I guess. Um, and with that, over
0: to you. All right, the weather. This is not going to be any. Get ready for a few albums of n- no heaviness. They're not heavy, uh. not heavy. Um, but uh, oh, I just, I just, lo- I love, every- I love this album, and I love the album cover. Uh, Freaky Styling uh. by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, American th- Ghost Dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, this is such a good album, and we we did a Red Hot Chili Peppers ranking. We um, did, and I complained so much about how. Starting with California Californication, they've just been a band that I'd give no fucks for at all. Um, but I still like them as people. Like I still, every time they put out an album, I go, I love you guys. I, I really want to be on board with this. And then I hear it and I go, I can't. Um, but I but I still support them. I'm I'm all about, you know what? Their album sells really well. They play sold out concerts. They have t- millions of fans. People love them. I'm like, great. Because they put out shit like Freaky Styley, um, mm-hmm. and I'm just like then we i I think in the episode we did or the two episodes we did when I talked about freaky Styley. I talked about how it's it's a fucking vibe. it's mm. an album that just it feels like the ultimate like chili Peppers party album where it wasn't it was literally just intended like, hey, you got some friends over and you're you're smoking some dubs and 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 drinking some some brews like this is the album to to throw on because it's just an a, a fucking enjoyable vibe. Um, all the way through. And I do, I like the yeah. fact that a, that some of the album, cause they're known for being funky, but I think people expect Chili Peppers to be like that sort of fast funky, but there's so oh. much kind of, you know, I'm really high, man. Kind of, kind of <laughs> funky on Freaky Style. Look Styli. at
1: that turtle
0: go, <laughs> bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that sums it up. Um, but, uh, and yeah. I'm. I'm, You go. Go listen to the Chili Peppers episodes, and you'll hear me talk at length about Freaky Styley. But it's just, um, personally speaking, it's one of my favorite Chili Peppers albums, and it's it's an album that like, just like with '80s Kiss, I'm just like if I want to be put into a good mood immediately, then Freaky Styley is uh, where I would go. So, uh, So that's my that's my number five album from 1985.
1: Nice. So my number four is. Spreading the disease by Anthrax. Oh yeah. There you go. Yeah. This it I love this album because it has a lot of across the board 80s metal elements mm-hmm. while still being thrash as fuck. Yeah. Like it's got thrash on it, but it has a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. And like it heavy as fuck riffs, killer drumming, and the first appearance of Joey Belladonna. This is where like the anthrax iconic sound will begin to yeah, you know, form. Uh let's let's have a look at the track listing here. I feel like this a, album has
0: much point. more in common with what they do now than any yeah. other album because it does have thrash elements, but it has full on just basic metal kind of songs on it, yeah. which is I think what's where they are now. I mean, there's, there'll be a little thrash, but it, they're kind of in you know in the middle of things with, with metal.
1: For sure. I mean, like, AIR, uh, Lone Justice, Madhouse. <sighs> yeah. Madhouse, dude. I remember the first time I heard Madhouse on the GTA Vice City radio stations yeah. in the game. And I was just addicted to that song. Every, In actual fact, this is how much I loved it. Every time, if I was on a mission and I got into a car and I was told to drive somewhere... I would purposefully drive the longest possible route around the game's map to listen to the whole song. By the time I got there, nice. And if and if I had like a little bit of time left on the song, I would just park. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it was just such a awakening for me, and all like every single riff in that song is amazing. Yeah. Um, the enemy—that's the one with like all the crazy, like almost deaf leopardy drum sounds on it, mm. isn't it? I think that's the one yeah Medusa I you know cheesy 80s metal love it yeah um and gung-ho armed absolute. and dangerous you missed
0: armed and dangerous that song armed is- and dangerous
1: yeah I the whole the whole thing is just like an absolute how to do 80s thrash metal 101
0: mm-hmm. with
1: like um other 80s metal standards thrown in there yeah but like my god dude whenever i listen to this album i'm just reminded of like holy shit yeah this is why they're in the big four um yeah so yeah with that i'm gonna wrap that up over to you
0: for your number four my number four continuing my uh not heaviness this has got this is probably the poppiest album on my list but it is a goddamn masterpiece of 80s pop um play deep by the outfield.
1: Josie's on a vacation for
0: away. What, one it. of the best songs ever written, right there. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like this this album is this there, it's the debut album from The Outfield. Um, but it every single song is catchy as fuck. Every song could have been a single, and four of them were, I think. They had four singles, I think, off this album. Um, say it isn't so, your love, uh, all the love (laughs) they're all love 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 you know um (laughs) maybe it was just those three but um it's so well written well crafted pop songs and i just and i love i love uh the uh, uh john spinks the uh vocalist i love his voice and yeah. everything about this album is just so, is so great. And I even remember, like, I have a memory of this album too. My oldest brother and I, I have two older brothers. My oldest one is like, you know, 18 years older than me. So he's he old man right now. Um, <laughs> but I remember we went on like some road trip somewhere and I rode with my oldest brother and he had the cassette of Play Deep by The Outfield. And I remember as a little kid, as a, you know, seven year old kid turning to my brother and being like, this is the first album I've ever heard where there's no bad song on it. Every song mm. is really good, and you know later I'd find other albums that that was the same thing. Um, but <laughs> I still feel the same way. Play Deep has no bad song. It is just one of the best albums of the '80s. Um, but it's it's only number four on my list. Um, but it's I don't know uh, I don't know um how to sell it to people that that you know come here and they're metalheads because I'm like ah. It's got guitar in it. it they there a band, you know, drums, guitar, vocals, but it's uh, it's it's very it's very uh, it's light, but it's if you know if you like really great catchy songwriting, you uh you can't you can't do a lot better in '85 than the outfield. Um, so Damn that's right. my it's my number four.
1: Cool. So my number three is invasion of your privacy by rat
0: nice i I had a feeling this would be somewhere on your list so that so awesome
1: i'm glad it appeared on both our lists too because like we had kind of differing opinions on like the strength of the material compared to other rat albums yeah um and you know if you want to listen to the full ranking uh go check out our rat episode but this is unashamedly my favorite rat album mm-hmm. and like there's just so much great sing-along material on this one it's not hard to remember at all a lot of it is like like the choruses are crazy hooky and easy to remember like to the nth degree but it's just yeah. one of those albums where like it starts off with you're in love then never use love, <laughs> there it then, is again there is yeah. again. it sounds like you're <laughs> in love like you're like, yeah. i love you're in <laughs> piss time (laughs) uh yeah you're in love never never use love lay it down give it all like those four tracks alone damn dude yeah and then you get the you get like to to me it's a little bit of a mid-album dip with closer to my heart between the eyes that's a great thing. But but closer to my heart is like a sexy ass song to me it is, but like, there, there's just a certain like, fuck yeah, like mode with the first four tracks. And then yeah. it gets kind of so- sultry with the midsection. And I'm like, Un- unless, you know, I'm getting it on, I'm going a- to skip right over to uh, what you give is what you get. I mean, that's another one. Like, it's so easy to forget. Like, it's a real menacing riff in there. Yeah. And it got me on the line. You should know by now. You should know by now.
0: Uh, L- Lazy-ass like, lyric writing right there. Yeah. <laughs> Just repeat the same line again, because we're in a hurry, <laughs> Stephen, okay? I'm referring to Stephen Piercy, not me. That's it. That got kind of meta there for a second. Yeah,
1: um, only he's Stephen.
0: Yeah. He's Stephen. He spells his name the wrong way. Doesn't he? Isn't uh, he a Stephen with a PH?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's not, he's not one of you guys. He's not one of the elites. Nope. Um, but then you get dangerous, but worth the risk. Great. That's a great, yeah, um, great song. Great, great album, dude. Yeah, um agreed. I love it, and that's why it's my number three of the whole last year. So uh, your your
0: list is is uh, is remarkably way more rocking than mine. So now, <laughs> so now here is the most '80s album on my list. Once again, it's got guitar yeah. solos on it but it's uh it is it is the b- miami vice soundtrack oh that's fucking good man was that 85 also uh i think it's
1: it's what well, it started at 84 but eight into 85 was when it like
0: reached mass popularity that soundtrack was a fucking big deal when it came out because it's well, you had that and then you had <laughs> "You Belong to the City" and songs like that, and "Smugglers' yeah. Blues" is on there. It is just like packed full of cool songs. Anyway, no, we're not. No, it's not the Miami Vice soundtrack. Um, I'm gonna go on record and say this is probably when it comes to like mainstream music, this is one of the greatest albums of the 1980s. Um, "Songs from the Big Chair" by Tears for Fears. It is... Mm. I love Tears for Fears. They just put out an album this year that's really good. Stands up with their old shit. But Songs from the Big Chair. It's one of those albums where it simultaneously is the album with the big hits and one of the most perfect albums that they ever made. Because it's got Shout. It's got Everybody Wants to Rule the World. It's got Head Over Heels. All that shit's on there. But every other song is great too. And And they are like, if you go and listen, especially to this album, they were beyond what other 80s groups were doing. Because their songwriting, they weren't just writing pop songs. Like, there's there's a, a, I don't know, a meticulously crafted aspect to this album, the way that it plays out, and the different types of songs. And it's, I can't think of another '80s album that's like that, where it's got your full on. This is an iconic '80s pop song, but then it has it takes you other places where you go, man. I was not expecting this at all, and um, it's just an absolute masterpiece to me. And um, it's been and it's been one of my favorites since 1985. Like it's one of the albums. A lot of these albums I heard li- a little bit later on but i had songs from the big chair on cassette tape played the fuck out of it and it has remained one of my favorite albums ever since and it's just it's just it's fucking fantastic i don't know what else to say about it it's fucking tears for fears um and uh yeah um what like i said not 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 rock but there are there are <laughs> some really good guitar solos on it. There's a couple songs where I hear yeah. the solo and I go, "Ooh, that's pretty fucking tasty." Um, but uh, but it is it's a pop album overall. So anyway, that's that's my number my number three.
1: That's the thing about '80s music as well. You could always count on '80s songs to have a kick-ass either lead guitar solo or a saxophone. solo. That's what I was
0: gonna say. If there's not there there's there's both on this album. There's mm. guitar solos and saxophone solos. That isn't. We've. I'm sure we already said this before, but the the, the sax solo has to come back in music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how, but just just throw it in there. Throw a sax solo in in your songs, and um, you're gonna gain at least a point from me. You know, even if your song's mm-hmm. shit, I'm gonna be like, but it had a saxophone solo. Yep.
1: That that's that's an automatic like extra star on the review. Yeah. Even if it even if it's the worst song you ever heard you still get
0: two stars by
1: default, you know? It's just something that. about
0: when you when you hear the saxophone come in, and it just, I don't know what yeah. it does to me, where I just go, oh, there it is. There it is, folks. Yeah. All
1: right. It's, it's it's just one of those that, like, taps into, ooh, that sounds good. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. it's you know, if, if you thought this song was sexy, now it's time to, it's going to lay you down by the fire, now, with this fucking it, solo. It's the electric guitar of the horn section. What can I say? That's that is true. It is. There's but, but are, are, is there a is there a well-known saxophone player that like everybody knows you say somebody's name and they go saxophone player? Like, do you can you think of
1: one? Kenny G?
0: Ken, Kenny G <laughs> doesn't play the saxophone, though. He plays... oh, no, I'm dying. <laughs> oh,
1: is it? Oh, oh, yeah. It's like a clarinet kind of thing. Something.
0: He's not saxophone, though. Like I can't mm. think of if maybe if somebody's listening to this or watching on YouTube, put in the comments like if there's a well-known and I say well-known like basic ass people that don't listen to a lot of music know this person, um, but I can't think of one. There's, mm. but which is weird because like you, you're you're right, it is the electric guitar of brass instruments, but mm. you know people that play all sorts of other stuff and not saxophone. Okay, well, let's change that. One metal band (laughs) that only has shredding on
1: a sax. Oh, that would be sweet. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Um, But on the polar opposite end of the metal spectrum, let's take it on over to some thrash territory. Hey. Um, My number two is Hella Awaits" by Slayer. Nice. Uh, to this day, this album has an aura about it that still scares me a little bit. Like <laughs> yeah. it's 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 the only Slayer album that I put on and I feel unsettled. Like the rest of them I'm like, that sounds heavy. That sounds evil. That sounds really cool. Whenever I put on Hello Waits, not even Show No Mercy has this effect on me. Hello Waits exclusively, I put it on and I feel legitimately scared. Like it, so you, there think, you think it's something. the
0: opening of the of the album that does it for you? <laughs> it,
1: that starts things off, but like Whoa, down welcome to the eff- back. yeah, yeah, boom, <laughs> da, 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 da. Oh, like it's just so menacing. There's only seven songs on it, but the songs are really uh, long uh, in terms of in terms of Slayer songs. Like most of them yeah. are like seven minutes ish. Uh, But the way this album is composed, it just has this um, scary horror vibe to it. Mm -hmm. And it's even down to the fact that the album cover itself, there's something about when an album cover is done and it's kind of shitty looking, (laughs) but it's scary (laughs) shitty looking. Yeah. Like, like (sighs) because... Hel- the hell awaits like it, not even the Slayer logo is like s- as symmetrical as it would be on like all the other releases. Yeah. There's just something like rough and terrifying about that. It looks like the drawings of someone who's gone insane and seen hell itself, you know, and it, it, all the effects on, um, <laughs> in Tom Mariah's voice that makes him sound like a demon throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just something about what they tapped into on this album that makes me think, fuck, holy shit. Yeah. I wouldn't pick a fight with these guys. Uh, I mean, the title track, At Dawn They Sleep, Necrophiliac, Hardening of the Arteries. I'll, I also love that this album ends how it begins. It comes full circle. Yeah. Like, it opens with the... And it goes out like that. And it's so... it's It's a really clever move. Yeah. But uh yeah hello waits by slayer is in my opinion the most underrated slayer
0: album as well you're probably you're probably not wrong um, i love that album but it did not make it into my top 10 um Fair. but uh literally for my next two you've already talked about them i'll be i'll be quick my number two is uh power windows by rush nice uh fucking great album all the things that eddie said i second those things um, uh, I don't think it was, it's not, it wasn't as high on my list, uh, when we did our rush ranking, but that's because, um, all rush albums are great. And so where do they go? I I don't know. Yeah. Um, but power windows is, you know, on its own, just, you know, when you're not trying to compare it to other rush albums, it's a fantastic album. And, um, it is the most, to me, it's like the most synth heavy of anything they did. Yeah. Um, the production, would get a little more even more 80s sounding with the next album but i think when it comes to synth use i feel like power windows is like the pinnacle the the peak the peak the top of the mountain of uh of keyboard use um but yeah it's just uh at this point it's an absolute classic album and it's it's you know i don't know it is one of those things where it's uh i don't i don't uh consider anybody a rush fan if they don't enjoy albums like uh, power windows just because it's like a part of who the band at this point it's just a part of who they are you know it's yeah. uh it's you know the the it's just as important as you know 2112 for the makeup of who rush are mm-hmm. as a band and um and i i just i think it's a great album so it ended up being my uh, my number two cool so we are number we're one
1: number one spot and this is an album that you have mentioned okay More lower down okay i've gone for asylum by kiss wow number one.
0: number one
1: yeah i recall having this pretty damn high on my kiss ranking yeah i love i love all of the eras of kiss and this has become my favorite of their 80s albums there is just so much tunage going on, on this <laughs> I mean, album. absolutely you know? king of the mountain who wants to be lonely i like when i first heard who wants to be lonely i must have listened to that fucking song about 10 times in a row because i was like this song's so good and i've never heard it what the hell is wrong with me that that, uh, that video
0: that video is like uh, also i think paul stanley at his glammiest cuz he's got yeah. the big ass flow. It's I don't even know what the fuck he's wearing, but it is like huge and flowy and pink or whatever and yeah. it is just that is a that is I mean, I don't they were spending a lot of money on on their clothes at that point, <laughs> which they shouldn't have been. Come on guys. Um it was a rough time for the band.
1: <laughs> yeah, hell like but we still got songs like I'm alive, you know, like that. That's a speed yeah. metal song. Uh Tears of Fallen is killer. Mm-hmm. Ooh all night like this is just the banger zone and like even on let's 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 get this bad boy up asylum kiss anyway you slice it yeah. trial by fire loves a deadly weapon secretly cruel radar for love they're all catchy songs too yeah but like my god man like these tracks Oof. i wish i the it, it, songs i wish i'd wrote you know Well, yeah
0: once once again i think that like the if you're the problem is comparing this to other to to older or classic kiss but if you if you go for like what they were actually trying to do like it's great songs and very well produced and it just it's perfect for the time really
1: that's the thing i would say like it really is a case of once the makeup came off, they were a completely different band. They were playing completely different style yeah. of rock than what they were doing in the seventies. And yeah, that's okay for a band to do. And I like when bands do that, you know, they don't, you know, kowtow to their audience because like, to be fair, Kiss did really well in the eighties too. Um, so, Some, some of it, <laughs> some of the times they did. Yeah. I mean, they did better than a lot of a lot of bands. Oh, I mean, I true, bands.
0: true. but yeah. yeah,
1: but that, yeah. That being said, holy shit, this is the banger zone, my
0: guy, and it's my go-to album from 1985. Sweet, my go-to album, my number one album from 1985. <laughs> you already talked about it, and if, if anybody, everybody's got to know this is my number one. Uh, spreading the hey. disease from Anthrax. <laughs> I love, I love, love, love this album. Um, it's, uh, it's fucking great. I don't even remember where that album was on our Anthrax ranking, but, um, it's, it's great. We've, we've already said a lot of things about it. It was, it was not, not even, it was, it was one of the later Anthrax albums that I got into because I, because I originally got into State of Euphoria and then Persistence of Time. And I think it was even after. Attack of the Killer Bees had come out before I ever went and bought spreading the disease. And um, I just remember being blown away by Joey's high notes. Cause he because if you yeah. listen to the, the you know the later 80s albums, he doesn't do anything, ah, he doesn't do that. And literally right mm-hmm. out of the gate in AIR, he does this fucking high ass. I was just like, holy crap, I didn't know he could do that. That's fucking sweet. <laughs> Um, which that's, that's, it's funny how that's a thing that in certain bands I go, oh, that's awesome. But now it's become a thing in any, any modern band. I'm like, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Never. <laughs> Cause it's, it always just sounds, it always just sounds really forced and out of place now. Hmm. I don't know why I just don't just, just, you know, leave, leave that for the eighties, you know, <laughs> but, um. Unless it's something I
1: do, because I'm really good at that sort of thing. Oh, I'm
0: yeah. You actually, you actually are. That's 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 absolutely true. Yeah. The little, I get a
1: free, I get a free pass. That's true.
0: I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let you, What's what if if Eddie ever in the in the in the our lifetime releases music that he's working on, <laughs> you'll get to hear some of his vocal abilities. But I'm. It's ge- getting there. I'm giving you a peek behind the curtain. He has a lot of songs. <laughs> And uh and, and a lot of them seem like they're done. like they're ready to go. but you know, I, like,
1: I just can't find the sound. <laughs> <laughs> it's like me sat looking through fucking um, reverbs to put on the snare drum. It's like they come in and they people ask me, "Well, have you found it yet? I'm like, oh, I'm sure it's this one, but what if I release it? And I find out there's a better one. <laughs> yeah,
0: um, but every, but I feel like everybody should start hounding Eddie to put out music. Like, just you know, put put it in the comments Ooh. here. Send him send him an email. I don't even know his, you know ed- Eddie at email.com. I <laughs> That'll go straight to him. <laughs> You're d- totally doxing me right now. Um, I'm sorry about that, sir. No, he's a, he. I was just kidding. He doesn't make music. He uh, he does have an OnlyFans. Um, that, uh, mm-hmm. you can, I think, I think it's like $50 a month though. He charges a lot, but he gives you a lot of content, you know, like he, mm. you're going to see parts of Eddie that you never thought you would see. I'm real generous with the <laughs> shaft guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, where, where uh, spreading the disease? Yeah. Well, you know, that's spreading other things. This is spreading the disease. Um, we're. Yeah, that's my number one. Anthrax is one of my favorite bands ever, and spreading the disease is, uh, like I said, it's it's a it's a it's it has a lot in common with where they are now because it does have that variety of of songs, and then once they got to Among the Living, they went more like leaned way into thrash. But um, I like it. Hopes up
1: about that OnlyFans man. I'm gonna have to deliver otherwise. Oh, (laughs) I
0: I may or may not be lying about the OnlyFans. People are gonna be googling. (laughs) you know, trying to find it. They're going to find, there's got to be, oh. gonna, they're going to find somebody else whose name is Eddie Sparks. And then that's going to cause a lot of trouble. <laughs> um, it, only, it's is, only, only your name should be Eddie Spunks when you do that. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke for my British fans. <laughs> cause, oh. Oh, cause over here, we don't refer to it as spunk. Um, uh. spunk, spunk is something that you have when you're, when you're very energetic over here. Like you've got yeah. a lot of spunk. And I always go, oh, all right. I guess I guess that <laughs> can make somebody energetic. I don't know. Um It's good for protein. That that is absolutely true. <laughs> so maybe it does. Maybe it does lead spunk leads to spunk in America. They're 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 inner I don't know. Never mind. <laughs> it's <good for> you. <laughs> um uh, where were, where where yes, spreading the disease, great album, my number one. Um, of nineteen eighty five. And so that was uh that was that was nineteen eighty five, folks. Um totally. Right in the middle of the eighties and um and slap
1: bang in the middle.
0: I'll go ahead and take care of this for somebody out there. No, I did not put bonded by blood anywhere on my list. Um wouldn't even have been an honorable mention. Do you have honorable mentions, sir, for this episode? I, I do, and it and it is in there for me. Um Well it gets a mention. So, Here you go.
1: Yeah. Shall run run down through my honorable mentions? first? Sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I don't have I don't right. have any. I really I left mine to the ten because I didn't want to deal with it because it, it's a lot. There's a lot of albums in 1985. Cool. So uh, 78
1: hundred degrees Fahrenheit by Bon Jovi. Underrated Bon Jovi
0: album okay. in my opinion. Oh, I, gotta, I gotta, um, we got I got we we should talk about Bon Jovi. Are you are you worried about Bon Jovi? Um, I'm
1: not worried about Bon Jovi. Let's let's do it. Let's no rock band is safe from Crankton. I'm
0: not. I'm, ta- I'm talking about John Bon Jovi. Have you seen recent footage of John Bon Jovi singing? Oh, live?
1: Oh, it, as as in like the guy.
0: Yeah. Um, John Bon Jovi. I, I
1: heard he I, I made I heard someone made a joke that he's got kind of a grandma kind of vibe going on.
0: No, but vocally speaking, everyone keeps releasing this footage of them on their current tour. And they're, and they're, all the songs are, are tuned down like two steps. Like they're very low, but even then it sounds like he's constantly running out of breath. And so oh, I, and I hear shit. him and I go, Oh, I wonder if something's wrong with him. Um, and, oh, and pe no. and, and other people on the other side of the coin are being assholes. Like, why would you pay money for that? Well, I mean, they're coming, they're going to see Bon Jovi, but, um, but like vocally speaking, I'm just like, Oh, I hope he's. I mean, maybe mean, maybe he's just going through a rough patch where his voice is fucked up and they're like the show must go on. Yeah. But I hear it and it makes me uncomfortable. I just go, oh man, I would not want to be out in front of those people if that's mm. what was happening vocally. But um anyway, I didn't know if you had heard any of that. Don't don't look it up because it might you might you know feel sad for the guy. Let's let's, you know, let's remember I don't even know any songs that are on seventy, eight hundred or whatever it's called. In and out of love. That one. Nope. I don't know that one.
1: Hardest part is the night. Nope. That one. No. It's a good album. You should check I think, it
0: out. I think prior to Slippery When Wet, I know Runaway, and that's it. I think that's the only
1: song I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is bad. At. There we go. That's some keyboard awesomeness right there.
1: Hell yeah, it was. Um... So yeah, uh, Bonded by Blood by Exodus. Yeah. I did have it on here. It is a good album. Um, then you got... Uh, I decided to include something that would pave the way for a certain little movement that would take over the world in 1991. Oh, And that is Come On Down by Green River.
0: Okay, yeah. Super early grunge EP. But which, so which Green good. River can people from that would end up in Pearl Jam. Well, I mean in Mother Love Bone Pearl. and then and then Pearl Jam.
1: And Mud Honey as well. Oh yeah, and Mud Honey. Um so yeah, it was kind of like a, a stepping off point for all of these killer bands. Yeah. And th- these guys were a killer act too. Um come out and play by Twisted Sister, we talked about them last time. We did, yeah. It is an enjoyable album. Sonically it's my favorite. But the songs aren't quite as strong as some of their other releases.
0: Yeah. Uh, Crazy from the Heat by David Lee Roth. Oh, man. I didn't think of that because it's an EP and not an album. But speaking of of shit that came out and I played to death in 1985, (laughs) holy fuck, as a little kid, I actually had the... I still have the vinyl, but I had the vinyl when I was a kid of Crazy from the Heat, and I... Ju- I played the fuck out of that because it's just like so. Yeah. I mean, it's all cover songs, but it's just like so enjoyable and and I can't. I'd love. I loved the music videos that came from it with California Girls and and uh, Just a Gigolo. Boobily boobily
1: boobily bop.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I I that I I totally just didn't even think about that for 1985, but that was. For, for seven-year-old Steven, like, he, he was all over that EP. I loved it. Yeah. It's
1: great. And I love that he'd, like, come out of Van
0: Halen and he decided
1: to do an EP of four, like, show tunes. Essentially, you know? yeah. Yeah. And then um, immediately followed that up with... Um, Eat Him and Smile. Eat Him and Smile, yeah, which was fucking killer. Um, Theatre of Pain, I put it on here because I do find it enjoyable it's not yep. the strongest of I mean it's got work, it's got but... fucking
0: home sweet home on it you know but you know and and smoking in the boys room
1: oh well then yeah that too uh and I had to put we care a lot on here too because it, it is good mm-hmm. it just barely got edged out of the top 10 slot otherwise it would have been in there because I am the faith no more guy out of my circle of friends <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. Must must be nice to have friends. Um <laughs> It's so funny like I have like a, a one close friend it left from like every pocket of friends I've ever had and like I just want to bring them all together in a room and just like make my own legion
0: of doom. <laughs> nice. Yeah. i know i know i got i got aside from aside from my wife like my two you'd, you'd be in you'd be included. Oh, okay because i would because i would say like the the two people that i actually consider my friends are two people that live in england and i only hang out with on zoom <laughs> 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 um but uh i guess you'd probably put put phil over in canada he's uh yeah. he's, he's he's a he's a bud too but uh, but that's how, that's how antisocial I am. But honestly, absolutely perfect for me, because if you had gone back to me, like, you know, in high school and post high school and said, you can have friends and like never have to go do anything. And I'm like, yeah, sign me up now because I don't want to go do anything. <laughs> I don't want to have to go anywhere. I don't have to put shoes on. Sometimes I don't even put pants on, you know, if I don't if I don't need to. Um. <laughs> I'm
1: naked right now. <laughs> yeah.
0: Nobody knows what I'm wearing. Like under this, under my, you know, there's, there's a desk and, and a mystery happening. Um, anyway, I'll be I on like my that, own. That, Only that, fans. That, i It'll still be cool called. Old, it'll still be called old head though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, brilliant. All right. Well, on that note, uh, on that note, you, on got that a, note. You, you got any parting words? Y- you got any honorable mentions? No. I I, I left, I left things off. You mentioned things that, that I like also from 85, but for the most part, um, the things that were in my top 10, once they were there, I go, yeah, this is kind of solid. Um, really Slayer was the only other one that was kind of, you know, trying to get into the top 10, but in the end it, it didn't, it didn't win out. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, so no, no parting words for the, for the peeps. For the peanut butter platypuses, uh, oh no, yeah, we did uh, we did figure out it's platypuses. I'm saying it right. Yeah, and uh,
1: d- don't stick around if you're a peanut butter piece of shit.
0: Yeah, they're, those we, people we, are already gone anyway.
1: They're they're the enemy, man. We're we're, we're gonna we're gonna get the posse together of the peanut butter platypuses posse.
0: Oh, and and P- the P- we're gonna the pbpp. P- <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I mean, uh, why is that still? Why is saying pee pee still funny? I'm 44. <laughs> you say pee pee, it still makes me laugh.
1: We've devolved so much for like half an hour ago. Like, <laughs> it was. It was like critical analysis of the Back to the Future trilogy. Poopoo pee pee. Oh, oh, it's 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 one of those things as well where you're like. It, in situations where you're not supposed to laugh, and then your friend turns to you and goes, "Do doo fart," <laughs> <laughs> you just go. Like, uh, it's
0: it's got it's got my my wife and I have have become so um, I don't know what the word is like 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 minded with our that's what she said jokes that now yeah. we'll be around <laughs> other adults and somebody will say something and we just glance at each other, don't even have to say it, and we just yeah. <laughs> we 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 know that we know there's a we both know what needs to be said right there um anyway yeah. okay so speaking cool. of that we're we're going to get the fuck out of here thank you uh, peanut butter platypus everybody um we're going to be back with a band um two parter i believe starting next week and um yeah. and it's it's going to be a uh, a very fun one for me um i have a lot to say about this uh band and, um, and yeah, so we'll be back next week starting that. Thank you for joining us for 1985. Um, as usual, if you're on YouTube, put some comments and like and subscribe. Go over to Eddie's page. Um, and like and subscribe over there as well. Um, if you're listening to this as a podcaster, we love you as well. Um, but you, you could still go like and subscribe. You don't even really have to go watch it. Just go and like give me the numbers. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. Do me a yeah. solid. All right, well, that's it for this episode of Cranked and Ranked. Thank you very much once again. And as usual, I'm going to throw it over to Eddie fucking Sparks to take us out. Later Dude! I thought it was a very apt later dude
1: for the era. Yeah, I agree. Of course. Ah! <laughs>